And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to a fatal edition of the Warriors All 82 podcast. Tim Kawakami with me. I don't, I mean, I don't, I probably Season shouldn't. Killer. Season killer. I probably shouldn't tell the listeners this, but I actually taped a pregame Warriors <laughs> I, Jazz I was, when preview when I podcast. I, when I heard that, I went, oh, that's a death. That's right there. That's a death knell. That was it. The signal that it was not going to happen when you put work into the next series before they get there. You not, and Nate Duncan, that's going to be the lost tape forever. Lost tape. It's still on my phone, actually, if people want to hear it. I thought it was a good preview. <laughs> I, I, I was setting up all these different, I found a bunch of good stats and tape from, uh, you know, the Jazz Warriors matches, but that's all irrelevant now. The Warriors lost to the Grizzlies. Um, I mean, we could briefly get into the details of the game if you want. I mean, John Morant was awesome. He hit, I mean, the big stat to me from him, five threes. He's done that zero times in his career before tonight. Right from the start, right from the get-go, the Warriors backed off of him and hits threes. Four steals, I think, too. Like, he was, like, reading that. He was doing that LeBron thing. He was kind of reading where the Warriors were going to try to pass the ball. He was a really good player, and he's a good young player. Uh, if he can make that three-pointer, that's a huge thing for him. I'm sure it'll be hit and miss for a while, but it was it was interesting to see. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Draymond Green, I thought, played a really poor game in this at postgame, how exhausted he was. It looked like a tired team. Steph was colder than usual. I mean, he still finishes with 39, I mean, 13 to 28, 6 to 15 from three. It's not a bad night, but it's just they, they look like a – Tire team at the end of their legs. I predicted that was going to happen in the Utah yeah, series. Yeah. I thought they were going to kind of fade quickly against Utah, but it happened quicker than that. Um, you saw it in their passing. I mean, just some terrible passing. Uh, they finished on 21 turnovers. That's 41 in the two playing games. That's the reason they lost. And, you know, I mean, a couple breaks here or there, and really a couple breaks Wednesday, they're in the 7-2 playing Phoenix, and it's in a completely different scenario heading into the playoffs. But now, because of the turnovers, because of the fatigue, because of several different things uh, in this rocky, turbulent season, it's over now. And once it ends, all of what came before it matters a lot less, and we just look forward. I want to say, this game did underline the things that they were weak and that they kind of overcame or covered up in going 15 and 5 to in the last 20 and that was offensive playmaking they could they could cobble together the defense they could kind of do it without a center a lot of times and looney was again he was not bad he could be tired too uh he was not good tonight and basically was pulled in this game in the second half uh but they don't have that one more offensive you know dynamic player Andrew Wiggins is cannot be counted on doing it, and the shot was not there today. He tried. He you know he rebounded. He was out there playing defense. The shot was not there, and I just don't think you can ever say that for Wiggins. Sometimes it's going to be there. 
Sometimes it's not going to be there, and tonight it was not there. Uh, they need someone who can take two dribbles. I've said this how many times? Take two dribbles and dunk. Take a dribble, pump fake, get the guy playing, draw the fouls. How many times did JTA have the ball on a cut with you know two feet away from the basket and he passes it? And and the rough night for JTA. And the defenses play that. They they know. Like remember with Draymond, they do the same thing. If he's got a man between him and the rim, he passes it. He never tries to beat that guy. You understand why? but you need someone who can do it. You need two people who can, can do it. Clay Thompson isn't going to do that. He's going to spread the floor. I'll tell you somebody who but. will and needs next season to be given a lot more of a leash to do it. Jordan Poole is Jordan good. Jordan Poole is that guy. Yeah, I mean, one of those guys. Yeah, he, is, he played big in tonight. You know? He was awesome. He created their biggest bucket of the night to get it to overtime when, when they're, they're overplaying Steph, and he kind of has this – you know, kind of herky-jerky off-ball stuff <laughs> off the drive and then in the air kind of adjusts and throws the alley-oop to Wiggins to send it to overtime, basically. Um, I mean... Th- He's a playmaker. He- He's a playmaker on a team that desperately needs it. Wasn't great defensively, but you know what? Yeah, he can played get, 38 he, minutes. Yeah, he today. played 38 minutes. 38 important minutes. Mulder obviously did not play Nine. a lot. Yeah, he's, he's you know, he, he was the weak side, as we said. He was a weak part of the rotation, of an eight-man rotation, and it's hard to have one guy be weak. He was. Uh, they need to replace the Mulder spot. They need to replace, you know, and add one more. And, and Clay's one of them, so maybe add two more to that. Uh, and then they've got themselves a, a, a 10-man rotation that you could see. And this, this, well, this game... Just you know, they they've been playing it with this eight man rotation. They've been getting away with it. This game kind of shows you at the end of a run. I mean, what was this eight man rotation going to do in Salt Lake City? Well, I mean, not, it was just going to get splattered. Sunday would have been bad. Uh, but I think even more than that, as we talk like eight, okay, you try to extend it to ten. I think one of the things you learn this season with Wiseman goes down, Ubre goes down, you don't have Clay. Is it's not even just about having like you know eight to ten, eight to eleven. It's about roster spots thirteen, fourteen, yeah, fifteen no because you're going to lose guys during the season, and that's where you know obviously the smiling each Eric Pascal giving them nothing really in his second Damian season would have helped. I mean, we've said this before and. Yeah. But pathway, Damon Lee would have helped tonight. You know, yeah. just like another guy that you go, okay, Mulder doesn't have it. And what do I say about Mulder? How's, he doesn't make it when it's important. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's just that's what guys like him do. They can make it when it's not that important. They can shoot 50% when it's not important, and they shoot 10% when it is important. That's how you get to 38%. Uh, the but, reason why Steph Curry's great because he makes them the same, pretty much the same amount, whatever the amount, the, the pressure of the game. Uh, they need, yeah, three more players. But the thing is, they, now they have a lottery pick, their own. They have a good shot at a not a great pick from Minnesota, but a six, seven, eight. They're pick. probably yeah. the the most likely scenarios are sitting there there with like seven and fourteen. Yeah, which I think again, can some, seven and yeah. fourteen get you up to five? Maybe you know, maybe not in a, in a it should, but in a five player draft, yeah, yeah that's, that's the problem. Uh, I don't know. Um, I think maybe you sit at seven and fourteen, and you get, and, and you trade one of those maybe for a vet, young veteran, and you keep the other. I mean, you know, you can just plug in. No, uh, the, I can't even remember. You know, Corey Kisper at the end, and Davion he, Mitchell, yeah, who guy, I Mitchell, like. Yeah, and then so you go with those two guys, and with those two guys, you know, both pretty seasoned college players, not James Wiseman level. They're seasoned and you know, guys you can see fitting. In Justinian the Jessup. All right, yes, we're getting too far go. down the road. Um, I mean, they, look, they, they need to get right. You, you, that is true. They, it shouldn't just be naming ten. It should name fifteen players. 
to get themselves well, to a good 12. What happened? And then it gives you a 10-man rotation. The Lakers game that we watched the other night, I even mentioned, I think, on the postgame pod the other night, but, like, what Wes Matthews did. Wes yeah. Matthews, like, the 12th man yeah. on the Lakers pretty much all season. Wes Matthews came in. He's proven. He was on the Bucks last season. He's been on winning teams. He'll he just came. He'll take the shot. He'll yeah. take the shot, and he will make it if it's there. And that's just one. I mean, and the Lakers are ridiculously deep. You don't have to be that deep. But... Yeah, the, the Warriors couldn't pull out. Oh, here's Wesley Matthews. You know, they couldn't do that. Their, their Wesley Matthews was Nico Mannion. Uh, and that that isn't going to cut it eventually. But the 15-5 and five does prove something. You know, it's a, I, I almost had it, a graph in my column yesterday saying that, you know, it probably would be best-case scenario practically for them to lose this game because it gets them in the lottery. You get that wild chance they could get. 2.4% yeah. you jump into the top four. Yeah, that is more than nothing. And then, but also, you're not getting 16 if you don't get in there. You get 14, and 14 could matter. And you, you know, then you also have that that the Minnesota pick that could convey. And then you start. Okay, this is how you start plotting where they can be. They have not had this collection of draft picks before in this era. Two number ones, both in the lottery, likely. Um, that's when you say, okay, this is you, these guys now need to plug in. Now, that's I think the difference I, now is these guys need to plug in. Like they can't be nineteen year olds. I don't unless it's Jonathan Kaminga, and that's a different thing. But they they can't do a project thing. I think Steph Curry has earned that. I think Draymond Green has earned that. That these are, you need to get guys who either can draft them and they can go into the rotation back end, or you trade them for someone who can't be in that rotation. You can't get a guy like eh, maybe no. That's the smiley geach days are over <laughs> and, and yeah. they were already over but yeah. yeah one thing i should mention is like there's i think like a 27 percent chance or so like minnesota keeps their yes, pick exactly. and then suddenly you only have 14 yeah. Uh, yeah. um and you know it, then you still have minnesota's uh unprotected now you know 2022 you pick, that one that which one is which trade. is tradable yeah, yes yes trade. for sure um but yeah i mean what you're what you're saying is right it like the biggest project on their roster next season needs to be wiseman yep. like or, that or you decide what to do with wiseman yes and 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 to, to me the early sense i get it, and it is so early like <laughs> the, like these offseason discussions haven't happened they don't know where the picks are the organizational power players have not had the conversations but my early sense is james wiseman will be here next season unless we're talking about a superstar becoming available i'd agree with that i I would agree like you don't take him off the table but you cannot do it unless you get something of very high value return value that will help you win playoff games not like sort of maybe projects to it would have to be and you know we've and you know, I don't even know how you do it because most of those guys are making 25 million and they can't take 25 million back but um, if they can figure out some way to work a three-way deal whatever it has to be a Siakam level player I think we've kind of established that I don't know you know Lonzo Ball is not that level player you know that you know you don't do it for Kelly Oubre level player I know they have them I'm saying if that was the player that they could get you got to go way above that and I don't think that's going to be there I just don't think the, the way this season unfolded is that you saw so much talent but you didn't see a lot of true value yet 
I don't think you can get Pascal Siakam or that level of player for James Wiseman. So if you can't do it, you keep him and you and you, you he's one of your seven. Like he's your seventh guy. Like we haven't even talked about him being in the rotation. Yeah, or he's or like the, your, he's your eighth man. I mean, I, I can see that now. Or you know. he's just about particularly with his knee issue. He's a behind the scenes project. And if you and if you don't calculate him into the firm, like yes, playoff rotation. If we're really talking playoff rotation, mm-hmm. maybe he's not ready for the yeah. playoffs next season. And and two things matter. You go, you know, this is a 2023, 2024 type thing they they work with him behind the scenes they take the patient approach that is the term i keep getting told from people behind the scenes is patience patience now with him the knee injury even bumps back his timeline further but the other thing is it'd be selling low on james wiseman they believe he's still a very good prospect that will blossom eventually now is it in the timeline of steph curry's title window doesn't seem to be but you also don't want to sell extremely low on somebody you drafted seven months ago, second overall, like you know, and started in game one. I mean, showed you enough to start him in game one, and clearly has a ton of talent. There's no quite, and, and didn't get a chance to really have a training camp. Summer league, we mentioned all these things. So again, I think so. If it, it's it, Marcus Smart's expiring contract yeah, for James, Wiseman. I wouldn't do it. No, I, I mean, there's some people might do that. I would not do that. Yeah, I think that's like the Ubre level. I mean, it really seems to clarify in my head if you say Ubre level, because there's tons of players who are available like Kelly Oubre, right? I mean, because they're pretty good. The team's kind of tired of them. They're making too much. Maybe and, they and, fit. Maybe yeah, they don't yeah, fit. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay Kelly Oubre. Tw- young. Uh, and the next two levels up, I say, is the Siakam level. And there aren't a lot of players in the Siakam level. That's why they're so valuable. Uh, I would want that. I would want one of the 15 guys in that level. And, they're not, and they're, maybe they're not even 15 guys. And it's hard, again, because contracts work in, in very mysterious ways. I don't know, uh, but it just isn't. I just don't think it's the right way to trade James Wiseman. I don't. I, I think you could say, okay, can with a full like recovery, and then he's patient, and he's just working on his jumper, and he gets in the roster. You know, he's on the team, and then he works his way into the. You give him good yeah, second. You yeah, you, you work him with yeah, pool exactly, a bunch yeah, as the and, second unit. Yeah, and guy. if it doesn't work, it doesn't work with that. But it's okay because the second unit stinks anyway, uh, and. You, you, you don't mess up Curry's minutes with him, but maybe he works into that way. And by March, like we were saying at the beginning of this season, say it again. If by March he's somebody who can give you good playoff minutes, you've established that, then he's good in April and May. And if not, okay, that's all right. Don't subtract his value, though. There's a chance he could really be good for you. There's a really good chance he could be one of the better players on that second unit. Then why not? I mean, I still, I, unless you get Siakam, and, and I can't even name many other people. Like, would see yeah, like call, if the Sixers absolutely flame out and Ben Simmons is available, yeah, like, yes, like, yes, like, yes, yeah, and that's part of the yeah. playoffs. That's part of these this material, like this information that that isn't available now because yeah. like the playoffs even haven't haven't even happened in the yeah. NBA. They're not going to happen again with the Warriors. One thing I do want to say though, uh, you were on the post game calls with Draymond Green and Steph mm-hmm. Curry. I put uh, their sound bites in my story if you want to actually hear what they had to say but interesting. um they were interesting they were yeah interesting. neither of them avoided the fact that there needs to be roster tweaks this summer clearly they know they need more veteran playoff winning help um that doesn't necessarily mean they just like you know needs to be a star they need to find, somehow find a way to sign and trade for Kawhi. <laughs> but it's more like they oh the, and and i mean steph kind of danced around it in his subtle ways but still him even subtly hinting at it is notable because of how 
little he usually does that. And then Draymond Green just coming out and saying like that they're both of them they're will in. be involved yeah. in the offseason conversations. Like and Clay. And Clay. Yeah, and Clay. <laughs> they are going to put the pressure on, which matters. Clay, we're about to get classical Siakam. We're texting you, and he won't text me back. Clay, come on. <laughs> He's out with Rocco. Yes, no question. And it, it, it's – I'm going to write about some of this tomorrow. It's like this is what this was. This was not that they were trying to do this or not that anybody was setting up this way, but this was – Steph and Draymond saying, this is our franchise. Joe Lakeup owns it. Steve Kerr's a coach of it. Bob Myers is president general manager. All that's understood. The next two to three years, though, has to be shaped and approved by Steph Curry and Draymond Green. Because what was the 15-5 and five about? You could say it was about a lot of things. It was about Steph Curry and his guys, Draymond Green. That's what it was about. Period. And, like, you could have, you could have coached it 27 different ways and you could have had a lot of different people in there and it was about Steph Curry and Draymond Green and, and a little Andrew Wiggins but th- that's Wiggins working within that and again not saying that they were trying to do this and not saying that it was like a part of the discussion but that's what it was and Draymond was talking to that and how you know bleak it was when he and Steph were sitting there scratching their heads and saying no no what how are they gonna get out of this and I think Steph is the one who said the word bleak previous time not this not tonight like the, there was a risk of this thing toppling over like we talked about it i don't think it was like you can look at a retrospect and say okay maybe not that bad but in their minds it was what pulled them out of it was it something that steve kirk coached was it something that bob myers acquired was it something that joe lake could pay for or was it Steph fucking Kerr? Bleeping Kerr. No, it you, was can, Steph you Kerr. can say. It was Steph, yeah, it was so Steph, it's not it was Steph, podcast. Yeah, me, yeah, me and Draymond. Steph fucking Curry. It was Steph fucking Curry. And, again, that's underlined after 27 other times in previous seasons. But at this stage, at age 33, with Draymond Green at his side, with Clay Thompson coming back, this is running through Steph Curry. And if anyone needed that to be emphasized if anyone needed to acknowledge that it was what Steph and Draymond were basically saying Steph in his more diplomatic way Draymond outright direct this thing was about to topple over if not for Steph Curry saying to hell with that and there are probably three players in the league that could do that and he's one of them and they that's where this that's where the future of this team is still still at 33 This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Uh, You know, as as you kind of take a wider view of the season, uh, it's bad for them they didn't make the playoffs obviously um but in general the Wiseman development is on the negative side of the ledger the fact that clay was injured i mean you know going into the season but it's just it's just a rough reality that he will be coming into next season off two you know massive and even, uh, and even steph said we don't know what version of him will yeah. be back you know so like they know and and, and it's probably not going to be at the start of the season like i don't think i don't expect him back i mean if it is it'll be 15 minutes yeah. 17 minutes uh not playing on a back-to-back you know that type of stuff but 
but the positive side of the ledger, like, this is not an empty season for them. No. This is uh, Steph Curry showing that his prime will be elongated. That was not a guarantee coming into this. Coming into the season, he played five games in 18 yeah. months. Yeah. He uh, was going to turn 33, and you just didn't know. Now you know. He's a Tier 1 superstar that looks like he will be for the next couple seasons. Uh, Draymond Green, in this 15-5 stretch that you mentioned, um, proved that he still has that defensive gear. Uh, and still has an offensive impact, though his limitations really make roster construction and lineup yep. combination construction challenging. And that's part of the equation they have to go into the offseason, knowing that Draymond has to be a part of it because of his ties to Steph Curry, his history with the franchise, but also you kind of need to like fit that's around the funny him. Thing, that's why Wiseman fits in an intellectual way because he scores, and it's hard to have Draymond. I have said this, and I was proven wrong by 15 and 5. But having Draymond and Looney at the start of every game is a little tough <laughs> offensively. Uh, again, when Steph's the most transcendent offensive player that we've ever seen, it's it's easier to do that. I do think it is why Wiseman is so important to them. And I have backed off this a little bit, but I was like, well, you don't trade him because you're going to need him at some point because Kevon Looney and Draymond Green don't fit together for long minutes forever. They just don't. Uh, again, 15-5 and five disproved a lot of that, and it was almost strictly because they pulled Wiseman out of the lineup and lost Oubre. Well, then uh, Wiseman fell out of the lineup with injury and, and lost Oubre, too. We haven't even mentioned Oubre, but we didn't even say his name until now. Um, oh, well, you were mentioning him as, like, the, the level of player you <laughs> yeah, wouldn't right. trade that's, for that's James Wiseman. That's how I mentioned that's how I mentioned. Um, Well, one th- I mean, look, Oubre uh, is, is the free agent drama uh, that at this point, I mean, I, I think we all got to view it very unlikely that he returns. I mean, maybe if it's, it's, a, if it's a below market deal, if he doesn't find a market out there, and they feel like, hey, look, it's just they can get him back on the cheap. Or, I mean, to me, I think at minimum they just got to try to find a way to get a trade exception out of him. Yeah. Um, but, you know, continuing down the road of the positives from this season, Wiggins proved he he was the type of player that they can really pencil in for 38 minutes a night at the small forward position and feel comfortable. The contract is what it is. If they're As long as they're willing to pay the tax, he's the starting three the next couple seasons, fine. Can he be the starting three on a Warriors title team? Sure, as long as they have the right pieces around him. Yeah. He looks like he could do that. Yeah. Um, Jordan Poole, I don't want to – I'm hesitant to now say six man for sure next mm-hmm. season. He's Jordan Clarkson 2.0. But, man, it's trending that way. Yeah. And, yep. and that is, considering what the, we were to said about Jordan Poole at the start of the season, which was, should they have picked up his third-year $1 million option? I don't know. Now we're saying, like, I mean, this yeah. guy could legitimately well, score 18 a game off the really, bench. You really could say is, like, you would have gone, without him, you would have gone into this season with another question. Who's the backup point guard? Mm-hmm. Like, you, you didn't know. Nico Mannion? Is it possibly Jordan Poole? Do you have to go get another Brad Wanamaker? Uh that's you know again you can do it those guys are available like well but they can be misses like Wanamaker was a miss and they don't have that now I mean you could probably you could use a third you could use a third point card if it's not Nico Mannion you could use somebody else who can play that position just in case but they don't have to get one and they got a nice they got a nice score out of Jordan Poole and who knew that was there from last season I, I, I did not know that uh, and like three weeks ago, I would have said, you know, Poole has developed into a, a definite rotation piece next season. After these last three weeks where he went 20 and 20 against the Jazz and Suns of back to back wins, 38 in a spot start. Um, and then really the last three games, which was Memphis, Lakers, Memphis, like great minutes, yeah. 
but key all three baskets, nights key baskets off the bench you know uh <laughs> steps up to the free throw line and hits three have to have it yeah. free throws well, phantom, with confidence phantom foul but still but the, yeah you know he walks up yeah. to the line in a massive moment hits three straight drew, free and throws drew, and he drew the foul too yeah. i mean it, it, this guy is going to be a. This guy's already NBA player that tried to dunk on LeBron, which was a moment. And like to me, the last three weeks have have made me rethink. Like this could be going somewhere even further. You know what I mean? Like he like he could really you know emerge, knowing his work ethic, knowing his clear skill. Yeah, I mean. especially with them not knowing what they're going to get from Clay. How important is that? Like. If they're thinking like if before you said ten minutes or fifteen minutes out of clay to the, for the first four weeks, what would you have said? Jesus, what are they gonna do? Where are they gonna find? Yeah, them? now you got okay. That's fine because Jordan Poole can play twenty five minutes, and then then you just gotta figure out how else that's gonna work. Um, that's you know, and you know, and leaps right over Ubre, obviously, right? Wasn't Ubre the sixth man? Right? It wasn't he supposed to be the pencil in as the sixth man. Nope. Well, Uber is signed for five million to be the ninth. <laughs> yeah, he'd love that to too. be the backup power he, forward. He's just like Kevon Looney when Looney he, went out to the market and didn't get anything, came right back. That's 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 exactly the the attitude you expect out of Kelly Oubre. Warriors he's, way. <laughs> uh, Looney's another positive development. He just stayed healthy all yep. season, and he, and he was good. And he looked like that. Kevon Looney is a is a good backup center in the NBA, um, and. You know, he's entering the offseason healthy and, and, and having proven it. I don't know how many games he ended up playing. They don't have, they don't have to go get a center. I don't think – I mean, if, if you – I think they should they, get they, a veteran. They get a number, you, get, you need a vet, you just need a center. If, I'm not saying you need to get a specifically good center, I don't, unless they trade Weissman. Um, but if you get Marquise Chris back, which I think would yeah. be very possible, there's your, there's your centers. And you don't play that many of them anyway. So – yeah, it's part of what they prove this season. Exactly. It's like they're you don't fine. have centers, okay? They're yeah. fine. Yeah, I mean, they go, and they go against the big guys, and they go small, and that's fine too. Uh, they did go super small tonight, by the way, for a little bit. Though, when they had Wiggins at the uh, Draymond at the five and Wiggins at the four, that was interesting. I was just to get offense, I'm sure, because JTA was not having a very good offensive night, so they were just trying to soup up the offense a little bit, I think. And Memphis was going small too with Kyle Anderson as their four, you know, that 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 sort of thing. So it was workable. Didn't do great, but it was workable. Yeah, so, I mean, in general, I mean, that's kind of the encapsulation of the season. A lot of fringe positives. Don't love what happened with the number two overall pick, but, you know, there was talent flashes within there. Huge decisions to make this summer. Pressure is, you know, immensely on the front office at this point. It will be on the coaching staff and Steve Kerr once the entire roster is together and they enter training camp next season from a franchise perspective with Chase Center. As we saw tonight, the, yeah. another another little tease of next season tonight, we had basically a half full, yeah. like a donut version of Chase Center because of the vaccinated sections. This thing, which we are both staring out at right now, will be full next season. Um, th- that, like... It's a it's it's a key season in 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 franchise history as they transition to San Francisco. I thought it was important to get this game. I remember I said that should be their goal. I said that for like uh, all season, like get one one. postseason game at Chase Center just to give you a feel for what it could be like. Didn't know how many people were going to be here. Didn't know what the you know opponent was. Didn't know the situation. If you get one postseason game, it kind of whets the appetite, and it's better. And I I I'm even going to write this. What if they go into Salt Lake City and they lose two straight by 40 and they come here and lose game three in a tight one and get swept? Okay, you've gone through it. Does it really gain very much by doing that? Really? Uh, I would say maybe not. So 
Like, you, you want to win. I'm not saying you don't want to win. You always want to win. That's always what you want to do. But I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to have the season end right here and get your one postseason game here and that's it and not march up to Salt Lake and, and it would not be pretty. Hey, maybe they would have pulled off the, the upset. I don't know. But well, I don't think I'll it say one other thing. Um, and this is a dark way to end the podcast, but one of the most impressive pullout wins out of their ass in Warriors history is Game 5 in Toronto. KD goes down with the Achilles, pushed himself back, goes down with the Achilles. Uh, Warriors, at some, I believe, are down 6 with like a minute left, basically. And then they go Curry 3, Clay 3, Curry 3. And, and drag it out of Toronto in stunning fashion. You know, one of their signature runs, really, in the entire run, bring it back to Oakland, give Oracle a final game, yeah. which meant a lot yeah. to a lot yeah. of people, and nearly won that game and sent it to Game 7. But guess what happened in that Game 6? Clay yeah, Thompson tore his Achilles. If they lose Game 5, they have Clay Thompson... You know, he tore exactly. his ACL. Yes, he tore his ACL. Which, which yeah. yeah, and he would later tear his yeah. Achilles. And guess what? If he doesn't tear the ACL, he probably doesn't go down the hell spiral that leads yes. to the Achilles. You yes. lose. Yes. I mean, essentially, the butterfly effect of all of that loses two Clay Thompson seasons where, like you said, you're never rooting to lose. But one thing I will say is the season is over. Yeah, nobody hurt. And nobody hurt. <laughs> none of the main guys got hurt. Yes. And, and considering what we've seen with these Warriors, it is pretty – Good for them to go into the offseason knowing Steph Curry enters his offseason healthy. Draymond Green enters his offseason healthy. Klay Thompson is getting closer. And I'm going to make a prediction here, Steph Curry. My prediction is we'll not be going to the Olympics. That's my prediction. It's just too much. It's too much. It's, he wants to check that gold medal off that resume, though. Does not have protocols. And he did kind of You, you cooped up in your room, and I, I doubt that his family can be there with him. I understand it's a... It's a representing country, and he wants his gold medal. He hasn't had a chance, and I'm sure Under Armour would like him there, and I'm sure all the marketing. I, I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm saying if it's really his decision, he's saying, I don't know. If you say, I don't know, and you bring up the, the complications, that means you're leaning in your heart, his personal part, to not to go, and he shouldn't go. He shouldn't go if that's what he feels. He shouldn't be pushed there by marketing reasons or others and that maybe it won't be maybe it's totally him and, and he wants it but i feel the same way as i felt the last time around when he had the you know he was tired they're in the finals and like do you want to go through that no no i mean it's just too much and i think the the covid situation is the one that's just like it's just going to be too hectic let some let somebody else go i will let this one thing go in my career i might be wrong i might be proven totally wrong but I think he gained a lot by take, having as much time as he had off before this season, and look what it happened. And the Olympics is not the most stressful thing in the world. shouldn't be, but it's one more thing, and you throw the COVID, and, and he just went through this whole season. He just went through where you can't go out to dinner. If I, I just sense that he's not going to go. I'm going to call it right here. Well, we'll end it with that. It's Quite a dark, prediction. Dark. Yeah, that was that was a little dark end to a dark season. Uh, it's actually good for Warriors fans if he doesn't go to the Olympics. Flat out. I mean, uh, they, maybe they wouldn't mind having a little summer entertainment. Get to watch Steph Curry. No, okay. You want a healthy and strong and rest of Steph Curry next season. Well, we will be giving you off-season podcasts and coverage, I'm sure, in the, in the weeks ahead. And then as we get towards the draft, big draft, big lottery, uh, free agency, all that. I'll also probably doing some more like national NBA coverage. Because guess what? The playoffs are starting in Slaker, like Slaker returns. The playoffs are starting in like I don't know, twelve hours or so. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. 
Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.